In a world full of anger, strife, and plagues, a constant struggle is battled out between good and evil, right and wrong. And for over seven years, the IndieCast is here to try to make you forget all of that. With interviews, pop culture talk, and the best in sexual innuendo. So sit back and relax as Chad, Zach, and Luna welcome you to the IndieCast. Exclusively on the Wrestling Nerds Radio Network. Greetings, everybody. Welcome once again to the IndieCast. Uh, Chad Allen here with you. It would seem like this is a Barbara Walters episode, but not really. This is actually probably uh, one of the biggest crossover episodes that we've done. And we haven't done a crossover episode in quite a while. Zach couldn't be here this week. Uh, I reached out to you dozens and dozens on Twitter, asked if we should uh, reach back into our seven-year history and find an old episode, or try to find a guest host. And you overwhelmingly said, get a guest host. Um, We've heard the old stuff. So thank you for those of you that have been listening for seven years. Uh, and apparently you've heard everything that we've done because you all wanted me to pull a guest host. And I actually got two. Uh, so that's very cool. First off, uh, I am going to introduce the man that was apparently uh, sold to me to do this uh, to do this today or traded off to me. Uh, I've got Greg from DDT Archives uh, on here first. So first off, Greg, welcome to the episode. Thank you for having me. Yeah, I was sold for like a pack of Cheetos and something else. I don't know. It was pretty bad. So. <laughs> And uh, the man who definitely agreed to be on the show with us, and I appreciate that, was uh, was uh, not traded in any way to get on here. Uh, from the Marks with Mike's podcast, I have Mr. Six Foot Nine himself. JT is on with us. JT, welcome to the IndyCast. Hey, man, it's good to be here. I mean, at least you got sold. I was just, you know, gave, giving away for free. I don't never get given away for free. But <laughs> So, uh, gentlemen, normally we've got a, a, I've got a lot more of a, uh, kind of a set schedule of things here. I don't have nearly as one today. Uh, me and the other wrestling nerds got together in the, uh, wrestling nerds tribunal and, uh, came up with probably 10 or 11 different, uh, weird out of nowhere topics. Um, most, some of them are wrestling. Some of them are actually wrestling related. Uh, others in typical IndyCast fashion are completely not. Um, and for once, actually, we actually have a couple of questions that are dealing with not the independent scene as well. So, uh, I hope you guys have your thinking caps on for a bunch of weird topics. We will, uh, we're going to take this all over the place today. Um, actually, and I am going to start, I'm actually going to start not in the independent scene. Interestingly enough, uh, I'm actually going to let WWE have a moment on the IndyCast with us this week. Because I would like your opinion. Uh, Greg, I'm going to start with you on this one. What is the better angle in WWE right now? Roman Reigns, Tribal Chief, or Bray and Alexa, Joker and Harley? And you have to uh, please explain your work. Oh, explain my work. I I, I, I think it's got to be Roman Reigns and the Tribal Chief. Because this is something that I think fans have been waiting for. Fans have been ready for. And it's 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 been so much fun and so much fun to watch him progress because we haven't seen that side of him. Have we? It's been my, my only knock on reigns over the years has been that he's never broken away from his shield persona. He's had the same music, same gear, same look, same attitude for five years while the other two guys have grown as a character. He's finally getting that moment now to grow. And I think we're really, I think it's a great time to be a fan. We're really lucky to be seeing it happen because he's doing great work. JT, your turn. What is your opinion on this one? Which which way do you go, Roman Reigns or Bray and Alexa? Well, you know, if I had to go on the side of, you know, the type of shit that I love to see, 
uh, it's a tie for me, but if I had to choose one, I'm going to go ahead and follow suit. It's, it's Roman Reigns, man. I mean, from top to bottom, this character development has been a total 180. This is what we have been begging for, have been clamoring for. I mean, honestly, I got so tired of, you know, the Roman Reigns shield character, you know, just, just to go back to what Greg was saying. I mean, please, next thing, change the music. You already got him coming off without the bulletproof vest on, like he's 50 Cent or some shit. So, Get rid of the music and really dive deep into this tribal chief character. But it's the best thing smoking today in WWE. From, from what I have heard, I thought I read an interview with Roman saying that there is new music there. Um, they have something at the ready. They're just waiting for a more uh, opportune time to bring it out. I'm questioning if they're not waiting for that to be when fans are actually in the audience again. Um, that, that's my biggest question on that one. Um, I I agree with you both. I think Roman is is the better uh, angle right now, only because he has really more of an angle. The the Bray and Alexa thing is just really starting to get into what it is, um, and you know, ha- obviously having him face down Randy Orton this week um, was a very interesting little twist. I think uh, I think the MVPs of both of these though are actually not necessarily the main talent. Uh, I need to give the MVP for the Bray and Alexa to Alexa, uh, who has been absolutely amazing in all of this, uh, and I think deserves a major kudos for for really making this work, because I think this was the angle we were all thinking we were going to get with uh, Liv, and we didn't get it, and now I'm glad that we didn't, because I don't think Liv would have been nearly able to act this out nearly as well as Alexa is. Uh, on the other side of it, I have to give credit to a, a guy that deserves a lot of credit for everything he does anyway, which is Paul Heyman, because um, the looks that the funny part is he's been dealing with Brock Lesnar for the longest time and has never and never truly looked like frightened of Lesnar like he does of Roman Reigns. Heyman legitimately looks scared when he's watching like the things Roman Reigns is doing. And I absolutely love that. And he makes me believe in it even more because of it. So a major kudos to both of them for, for the, uh, what they're doing for both of these angles. Um, Usos should get a big credit too, because um, uh, Jimmy especially has been really like pulling in the emotion side of it. And I, and I, uh, I love what they're doing with them as well. So. Uh, question number two, uh, JT, I'm going to let you start off this one. Uh, impact wrestling, uh, recently just had a wedding. Um, and normally we know how wrestling weddings tend to go. Uh, usually there's cake smashed or, uh, you know, somebody comes out and disagrees or something like that. Uh, they took this to a whole new level. The lights went out, uh, and then someone got shot. Um, what are, what are your thoughts on uh, the current impact angle? with Johnny Bravo apparently uh, being shot and killed in the middle of the ring. I'm not going to lie, man. I love seeing that. I mean, the first thing that popped in my head, my head was uh, the movie, you know, Clue. And then the next thing that popped in my head was uh, Biggie Smalls, Who Shot You? But I love the fact that they're thinking outside of the box. We haven't had an angle with someone being shot in wrestling and I don't know quite some time. I mean, it's been threatened before with Brian Pillman and Stone mm-hmm. Cold with the Bang 316. But oh, Go ahead. But other than that, I mean, 
I think I think this is good. I mean, I think I think this is a great angle. It's gonna keep the the box open. It's gonna be a long going storyline. So it's gonna be something that's gonna be a part of Impact's, uh, I guess you could say, lineup here for the next uh, three weeks to a month. So it gives them time to build on a real good storyline. So I love it. I mean, anytime someone gets shot, I mean, it's not. It's not a, you know, good thing, but at the same time, you always wonder, how did they get themselves in that situation? Who did they piss off for someone to just say, you know what, fuck it. I'm just going to pull out the Thule and put one <laughs> in there. Greg, your thoughts on the uh, on the, the who shot you <laughs> angle? I mean, that's what we're talking about, on too. First, first of all, hard to top that. Second of all, I will say that, I, and I say this all the time on our show is that wrestling is the purest form of entertainment because you have, it's just every kind of storytelling ability or things you love, whether it's music, whether it, everything is rolled into wrestling, which is why I don't understand why more people don't love it. Second, what I'm, what I'm, what I'm trying to say is who doesn't love a good whodunit? What has been me- missing from re- wrestling in all these years In 30 years I've been watching, I've never seen a murder mystery. I mean, come on. Like, that is, like you said, that's thinking outside the box, that is taking storytelling to a different level, and it gets people invested because people are going to tune in every week to see what's going on. And I think that's brilliant. You are competing in, on an impact level. You have a, now you have with AEW, you're competing with WWE, you're competing with like eyes. That's what you need to give, to give fans something different. I think it's a brilliant move. I'm really looking forward to seeing where it's going to go. Another thing I'm going to give Impact a lot of credit for is, like you said, like you both said, kind of thinking outside the box on this one. Like the stuff they were doing with, uh, for a while, with um, Allie and Rosemary and Sue Young and Sinister Minister and all these like other realms and, you know, people having to be pulled back and things like that. Um, they've definitely got the, the cojones to, to try to like really try something wild because. I think they almost have to. They they've been the little engine that could for so long. You know, people have been calling for, you know, TNA, you know, or Impact, you know, however you want to look at its demise for so many years now, and they're still just pushing along, and they're really starting to gain some interest now with some just wild shit that they're doing. Um, and I, for one, am ecstatic about it. And yeah, I, I agree completely. Let you know it's it's like the who shot you know oh god I'm really aging myself holy shit how old is everybody here today because um, <laughs> I'm gonna say who shot Jr from Dallas but then I, I realize I'm 44 so uh, y'all may not know what the hell I'm talking about but um, but yeah it's just that's like, a classic that, okay good thank God I was afraid that both of you'd be like what the hell are you talking oh. about I'm so but um, but yeah no it's definitely one of those things where you know how are they going to play this out? And, you know, is Johnny, is he dead? Like, you know, maybe he's going to, you know, pull through, maybe it's all going to be a dream by the end of this. We don't, we don't know, but it's, uh, I'll give him credit for, for having the guts to, for the, having the guts to try it. Um, the funny part is if I think if either of the other bigger companies, WWE or AEW tried this, there would be a, a laundry list of people just looking to shit on this. Um, so I, I'm glad that it was kind of done an impact where they can, where they're, I think, get a little bit more of a path to get away with shit. Um, uh, question three for you, gentlemen, to ponder. Greg, I will go back to you on this one. Uh, uh, recently, and I'm going to go finally back into independent wrestling where we belong. 
there was a very large independent uh, group of shows called The Collective that was actually supposed to be uh, for WrestleMania down here in Tampa this past year, but obviously COVID can go fuck itself uh, and ruined all that. Uh, so they did then end up running it uh, up in, I believe, Indiana, if I remember correctly. Um, the problem becomes, it sounds like a lot of the wrestling was really good, but then a lot of people ultimately kind of came out on the other side of this uh, with COVID. So in your opinion, was it a smart idea to run these uh, in just hopes that you know something wouldn't happen? Or should they have held off on this until something more uh, was done as it pertained to COVID? I think anything you do that's on such a large scale, you're playing with fire nowadays. Whether you f- feel like you can do it because things are starting to s- slowly but surely open up. I think they're eyes were a little bit bigger than their stomachs when it came to putting on a show this massive. Um, I think they could have done it on a smaller scale and been fine and maybe protected themselves a little bit, but you know, you see these large gatherings and things are going to happen. This thing's not going away. I don't know what they were possibly thinking that this, like this wouldn't happen. Like where was their contingency plan? Like thinking about like, what are we going to do if this happens? They should have, they should have thought about this before they put on a show. I'm sorry. It's like, you can't take these risks right now. It's just not smart business. JT, your thoughts on the, on the collective show. Good idea or dumbass mistake. Okay. So first and foremost, to all the talent that were there, you know, a lot of, a lot of these guys got a chance to travel up with, uh, you know, I'm glad that they got a chance to gra- grab some bookings and, you know, be able to, you know, put extra ends inside their pockets. But I've said this before, even on our, our podcast, um, wrestling is a contact sport, right? It's one of the most contact sports right next to MMA. You're constantly MMA and boxing. You're, you're constantly within contact with someone. And my whole thing is this. If WWE is having outbreaks. What makes you think that independent wrestling won't suffer the same outcome? That's that that that's my whole thing that 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 it boils down to. And just to add something onto it, like it was a bad idea, but it was also a good idea because you know these the wrestling community, the fans out there who didn't who haven't seen these guys in months and months, uh, finally got a chance to connect with you know, these entertainers, these performers, these wrestlers, and vice versa for the wrestlers themselves connecting with the fans. But at the end of the day, if if we're not going to try to grab more precautions and try to put more of a system in play, kind of like the NBA did with the bubble, then we're going to continue to see these cases spike, uh, whether it be on the professional level or independent wrestling. And that's the last thing that I want for any of these uh, women and men out there who are putting on the show to entertain us. And I, I wish more people would look at kind of what the end and, and the problem is with on the independent level, I don't know if they could afford to do this, but I wish more sports leagues were looking at what the NBA did. And what the NHL did, because um, both of them bubbled right up. They put everybody in one area. I think Ring of Honor is doing it right now. Actually, they're they're doing they are the, yeah, um, and they're doing the best they can to keep people safe. They're you know obviously testing constantly. Um, 
and yeah, I, I don't know. It, you know, like I said, as an independent wrestling show and an independent wrestling fan who loves going to independent shows and is a huge fan of a lot of the people that were running shows or were wrestling on those shows for that weekend. I completely agree with JT. I, I'm so glad they got the booking and were able to, you know, get back in front of a group of fans there, but is the juice worth the squeeze? Uh, and I, I just don't know. And I, I hate that because then ultimately we're just slowly watching independent wrestling kind of crumble right now until such a time as that we can get to it. And, you know, with things that, you know, other things that I'm like, that I'm a big fan of things like, you know, I'm a big, I've done theater for most of my, most of my, you know, teenage years into my adult life. Uh, Broadway's like shut down until June of 2021 right now. And, you know, I know people that are, you know, are actors or have been on those stages and aren't working right now because that's their livelihood. And it, it kills me that that's the case. But we got to get safer about this first before we can really do anything to that to that level. Um, and if you're going to it, by the way, and if you're going to an independent show now, because I know there are some people running, there's shows running here in Florida. If they're not distancing you and everybody's not wearing a mask, if you don't turn tail and run the hell out of there, um, you're, you know, it's like Russian fucking roulette right now. So be careful, everybody. Jesus. Um, I forgot who went first on that one. JT, I'm going to have you go first on this one here. Uh, speaking of independent wrestling, we obviously got to see everybody in the, a lot of people in there uh, at the collective and uh, just over the past couple of years. Uh, who do you think is the biggest independent wrestler uh, going right now? Oh man, you 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 really gonna put me on the hot seat with this? Who, and, uh, the thing, who, who is well here? I'll make it easier for you. Who is your breakout? Your kind of your breakout star right now? Who do you think is the the name that, um, as the independent scene goes, is is kind of the either somebody that you think is going to be like the next big thing, or they're the they're just the man on the indie scene right now. Okay, so the man on the end of the scene right now, hands down, um, I'm going to have to say it. Some people may disagree with me. Some people may agree with me. But um, I'm going to say right now it's ha it has to be Matthew Justice. Uh, he's everywhere. Um, every promotion, he's held championships in every single promotion. Um, he's killing it. Whether he's in GCW, whether he's in uh, AIW, it doesn't matter where he's at. He is literally everywhere on every every wrestling streaming app. Uh, it doesn't matter if it's IWTV or Power Power Slam TV or nothing to, nothing else to watch TV. He is everywhere. So I have to give it to Matthew Justice. But the person who is who's going to be the next breakout star, in my opinion, O'Shea Edwards. Good choices there. Uh, Greg, your turn on the hot seat. Who's the, All right. who's the big name and who's your breakout? All right. Well, it's one and the same for me, and I'm going to, I'm going to use a nice generic term, like in my East Coast bias over here and my New York bias. But I think a guy that has used his time wisely to work on his look, to work on his in-ring in-ring work ahead of really busting out in 2021. And I think that's got to be Jordan Oliver. He has put on some weight. 
His body, his size, his length, his look is changing. And with MLW starting to open up, he's he's all over the East Coast, just kicking ass, having banger matches every time he's going out there, whether it's in Synergy or anywhere else he's been. He has really taken the time during the COVID era, if you want to call it that, to develop himself. And he's only like 22, something like 21, 22 years old. He's a kid. So to to look at him and watch his growth over the last few months is remarkable. And with MLW kicking off soon, that's got to be a name you're going to have to watch come in the coming months and into 2021. Very nice. Well, I'm going to go completely different from both you guys. Actually, for the uh, top name in independent wrestling now, right? I actually I'm going to cheat a little bit. Uh, and for our show, I'm going to do I'm I'm going to do what's called pulling a Luna. Because uh, our one of our co-hosts loves to come up with one A and one B answers, uh, but one A for the top wrestler in the independent scene right now. I, I and I'm I'm not I am not a huge fan necessarily of the type of wrestling that this person does. However, every time I see this man introed, every time I see him come out, it is it is more than just an entrance. It is more it is a spectacle unto itself. And I, it's, it's MDK all fucking day. Uh, the King Nick Gage has to be one of the top, the, probably the top name on the independent scene right now, because it is legitimately uh, like, it's, it's almost like a rabid cult for the, for his fans. And it's, it, it always amazes me watching him come out. Reminds me a lot of like, you know, Sandman when he used to come out in ECW wasn't a great wrestler either, but still like drew such a, you know, such an interest and such a, uh, such a grouping for that. The the other side of it, I have to go for my one B uh, is someone who actually had his own show on the uh, on the collective, and I might be a little biased because he's a former um, wrestling nerds radio network internet champion. Uh, but Effie uh, has to be one B as as the top people on the independent scene right now. But speaking of people that are everywhere, um, and I think very few people have done better on getting themselves over on, on places like Twitter and on social media and things like that to really get themselves noticed. And he doesn't care what anybody else thinks. I don't think he's ever going to be interested in getting signed. I think he's almost like in the weirdest comparison I can think of, Effie might be the bruiser Brody of this era that he's never going to really be nailed down to one place, one area, but every place that's out there is going to want to try to get him on their roster. Um, I think the person to look out for lately um, is, uh, and again, I'm using people that have been on our show before, but he's probably one of our, I think our largest listened to episode we've ever had. Um, big Calix, uh, is, is, and he's, I think he's been in the business for, I think he said we're less than two years now. Um, but just the interest he's gaining on social media and the like, I think once COVID kind of really ends, it's going to be amazing. I think how big he's going to, how big he's going to explode once the, uh, once the independence is able to open back up again. Uh, next question. Let's turn the tides on you here, Greg. Uh, uh, let's see. We've got Halloween coming up on Saturday. Uh, I don't know if you have kids, but I have a couple, uh, that I are do. all set to, to uh, have, be dressed. I, I, I have a four-year-old son and a two-month-old daughter who is two months old today. So, yeah. <laughs> well, then, ha- happy, happy two-month, uh, two-month anniversary <laughs> escape from the womb. I have a ten-year-old, yep. six-year-old. JT, uh, JT, do you have kids? 
So I have a five-month-old who's just turned five months today. Oh, wow. geez. Okay. So uh, sadly, they won't be probably doing too much trick-or-treating, but uh, I, I know I'm going to be doing some stuff here in the house for my girls who are 10 and 6. Um, they both got their still, – we've still got them costumes. I spent entirely too much fucking money at, uh, to get costumes for them, even though they're not – nobody else is going to see it except for us for the most part. Um, but it's what you do. Um, what is the best and worst Halloween candy? Ooh, I I am always Ooh. gonna be a suck. I'm always gonna be a sucker for like Snickers. Anything Snickers, I'll eat. Okay. And then uh, the worst Halloween candy. Man, that's tough. Dots. If you get to be a box of dots, I will throw it at you. The entire, but individually throw you the dots at you. Each and just, just take it out each and just wing one each. Yes. Individual. Okay. Yes. Very Scott Hall with the toothpick kind of flick type thing. I dig it. So. JT, what do you think? Best and worst Halloween candy. All right. So this is another hard one for me. Uh, I didn't go trick or treating, honestly, until I was an adult. Uh, I know sounds crazy, uh, but it really, really wasn't like that type of trick or treat. If you get my drift, uh, okay. but best Halloween candy would have to be, in my opinion, uh, I'm going with Reese's. Okay, uh, I know weird. I'm going with Reese's. Um, worst Halloween candy. I hate to say this, it was actually one of my favorites. But now that I'm thirty, about to be thirty four. Absolutely hate it. Candy corn. Candy corn, got to go. Throw that shit away. I don't know who came up with it. I don't know who was sitting inside the lab and said, you know what? Hmm, candy corn. Sounds like a good idea. It tastes like wax. Now, let me ask, and if it's, if it's too much of a personal question, let me know. Why no trick-or-treating till you're an adult? All right. So crazy part. I have very, very strict parents. So okay. we didn't we didn't celebrate Halloween. Um, and as as I got older, I mean, you know, we, we had Moonfest that down in uh, Palm Beach County uh, in, uh, in that city place in uh, West Palm Beach, Florida. Okay. But, you know, that was the closest you you can say if you want to count that as trick or treating. But these are like club so you know you right. got in there and stuff like that but you know really didn't get candy unless there was candy at the door right so well for me and now Reese and you said Reese's so are we talking are we talking Reese's pieces or are we talking the peanut butter cups oh in, anything Reese's period you okay. know long as it has that peanut butter in there you know I'm, I'm, I'm good like right now I have a bag of mini Reese's right now and I'm smashing them so I, I will completely completely agree with you on the Reese's portion of it, especially the peanut butter cups. Um, if there's anything that gets stolen out of my kids' uh, candy buckets every year, it's the Reese's. Um, they're gone. They might as well not even taste them, or they better eat them quick because I'm gonna. Me and my wife are gonna kill them. Um, worst candy. I actually had somebody not that long ago, uh, and I don't know where the hell they came from or why they did it. I wanted to go back and knock on the door and say, "What's wrong with you?" Um, had circus peanuts, and that's like that's like pecking material. I I don't know why you would why you would do that or why you would even go out of your way to buy that or where they even came up with like mini packs of circus peanuts. I've never seen them before in my life, 
But I was I was personally offended for my kids when I figured out that they had gotten circus peanuts. You might as well set you might I'd I'd rather think I'd get it rather get an apple with a goddamn razor blade in it than circus peanuts. So I, I don't know what the hell they were thinking. So uh JT JT, uh your turn. Uh Nightmare Before Christmas, Halloween movie or Christmas movie, and why? Okay, um listen. Being that it's set up the way it is set up, you know, looks like a bunch of Halloween characters, if you ask me. Um, I don't give a damn nobody say that's a Halloween movie. Just because it has Christmas in the title doesn't mean that it's a Christmas movie. It To me, it's more on the Halloween side. Even though we have the Christmas elements there, it's just seeing the characters themselves puts me in a Halloween vibe. So I have to go with Halloween. Okay. Greg, your opinion on that one, Christmas or Halloween movie? Um, it's definitely a Halloween movie. It puts you in that mood. I couldn't say it any better. It just, you just, I see even a clip of that movie and I think Halloween. It's, like you said, it doesn't have, it has Christmas in the title, but no, it, it is a Halloween movie. It gets you in that vibe. It gets you in that mood. And, you know, I'm not, I'm not thinking about watching that movie at Christmas time. I'll tell you that much. So I actually watch it for both. Uh, we, my, me and my kids definitely do watch it for both holidays. Um, but it is more of a Halloween movie, in my opinion. Um, though, if you listen to our Hallowicked episode, he definitely did not agree. Um, uh, this one uh, was kind of one of our darker ones that I had gotten from, the, uh, from the, uh, my wrestling nerds group here. Um, are we out of things to really focus on in modern wrestling? Or is it nothing more than just nostalgia right now? Uh, Greg, I'm going to kind of let you go with that one. Do, do we have anything more to focus on or are we just kind of rehashing? Um, I, I don't, that's a really good question. I don't know. I think if anything has always been, and I may take this question, like the answer in a different direction than the question asked, but I think the one thing that we're missing in wrestling right now is really great personalities and characters we see it a little bit we don't see it a lot i don't i, I don't know if because if, if you think about the nostalgia back in the day you know you never talk about like a lot of those like matches matches you think about the personalities and the personas and the the characters and the that fired you up and i just don't see that a lot in wrestling nowadays i think now it's more like we're focused on the matches themselves the moves that are being done in the ring the high spots, if you will, but I think, yeah, I, I think it is. We're running. We're maybe we're just grasping for nostalgia. I think is the better answer. I think we're gra- We want to see characters mixed with the great wrestling we're seeing these days. JT, what's your thought? So, as I ponder on that question, you're gonna take me in a whole different. Um, whole different character switch right now. So if I'm flipping my hat one direction, I'm going to say that we are running out of things to talk about. But if I look at it from the different perspective, wrestling is always innovative, uh, but it always borrows from the past. I mean, if you look at right now what's going on with every company that's out there, whether it be AEW, WWE, Impact, 
they always find a way to going back to a past moment. If you look at, uh, you know, the Cody and um, uh, Dustin match for for AW, shades of, of course, uh, Austin and Bret Hart. Uh, and if you if you look back at uh, other matches on Impact, um, shades of uh, some other WWE storylines or you know throwback storylines. I mean, you had God's sakes, you had um, what. You, you had Jay Lethal doing the whole Macho Man, you know, character as well. So, you know, wrestling is something that's going to be innovative. Someone's always going to put their own twist to it. But we are always going to live in nostalgia because we're always going to say, man, this reminds me of this moment. Or this character reminds me of this character. So it's a mixture of both. I feel like... Um... One of the two things I have ever agreed with uh, James James E. Cornette, um, which isn't much, but I have two things I agree with him on recently. Uh, one is um, his political views, which I was shocked about, as I was positive I wouldn't, but somehow we have similar political views. But um, the other thing I agree with is at one point in time he said that uh, approximately every every seven years, you can you can recycle like gimmicks and storylines and stuff like that because for the most part, other, other than you know some people, you'll have mostly a brand new audience who will be surprised by it. Um, now, our type of wrestling nerd that the three of us are, and the people on our shows are, and things like that, um, are definitely notwithstanding that one because I've been watching for since I was six. And like I said, I turned 45 next year. So uh, I'm heading on 40 years worth of watching wrestling pretty soon here. Um, I, I think the problem is a lot of the most vocal people nowadays are too busy trying to look at the nostalgia to not totally enjoy maybe what they have in front of them some days. And I wish we as a, as a, as the, wrestling nerds, the smarks, the marks, whatever, you know, word you want to use for us out there, um, could spend a little more time trying to enjoy what we're, what we're seeing versus complaining about what we're missing that I think we might see the cool stuff that's being done for us now. Do I think, um, kind of like what Greg said, do we maybe not have as many of the big characters as we used to? Yeah. And I think that might be the big piece we're missing here. Uh, but I think all in all, wrestling's actually not in that bad of a spot. I mean, I don't know if it's ever going to be quite the cultural phenomena that it was like during the Monday Night Wars. Um, but there could always be a possibility. There, there could be something that catches everybody's eye and becomes the next Hogan, becomes the next Austin, becomes the next Rock, um, even becomes the next Cena. Um, so it's just a matter. I think if for some of us, it's a matter of trying to let go of what we had with Hogan and The Rock and Austin and Cena and, and moving on to the people we have in front of us now and really trying to find something that could be interesting. Bray might be it. Uh, I'm not sure yet, um, but it definitely feels like there's there's the biggest possibility, I think, for him to somehow be the one that kind of catches fire. Um, but I don't know. It's an interesting thought. Um, I, I will definitely agree with that. So, um Next question. If you had, uh, so we here at the Wrestling Nerds Radio Network have, uh, actually, we have two titles that are going around right now. We have the internet title, which is held down here in uh, Florida uh, by One Hunter Law. 
and we have the Wrestling Nerds uh, Radio Network. It was actually originally supposed to be our Midwest title. Uh, I believe it's become our Dark Web title now, uh, which is being held uh, by the glitch Kai Faden uh, up in the uh, India in the uh, Indiana area, I do believe. Uh, if your particular show could have a title, what would it be called, and what rules would you use? Uh, JT, what would the uh, what would the marks with mics have? Okay, so the name of our title, I think, if I could just put a name on it, just just to describe the the feel of the show, I am going to say the name of this title would be the fuck it title, right? <laughs> so, um, and the reason why is um, because we kind of just throw everything to the wall and just say, you know, F it. Like, let's see what sticks. And usually it sticks good. Um, the rules to it would be simple. No planning. Just jump right into it and see what happens. Very nice. Greg, for the DDT archives, what's, what's your title and, and any, any special rules to it? Oh, I think I, I think we would call our, my our title the the indie lounge, bar title, and I'll tell you why because, it's that's what we feel like our show is. It's like standing out at a bar having a couple beers and we do our interviews. And I think the rules would be, whatever whoever's the best at anything that has nothing to do with wrestling. I think you have to come with knowledge of music and movies and comics and anything like that. And if you can win, if you can win in that area, you deserve our championship belt. Fair enough. Uh, next question for you guys on this one here. Uh, I've got a couple either ors on this one for you for the next couple that are coming up. Uh, the first one officially has a, a, a now been dubbed the Cabana Man Dan uh, Memorial question, even though obviously he's still very much with us, but. Uh, this question came up on his episode uh, of the IndieCast fairly recently. Uh, IHOP or Waffle House and why? Uh, Greg, let me, we'll let you go for the breakfast uh, breakfast battle here. Mm, it's a tough question to ask somebody who has lived under the shadows of thousands of New Jersey diners in their life. <laughs> but as uh, as somebody who has been to both places, I will gladly take Waffle House over IHOP. Now what's your what's your what's your main order at, at Waffle House? So ponder that as well. Just just I I I've, I've only been to a couple but it's just just waffles. I'm I'm a simple man with simple needs. Just give me some butter and syrup and I'm good. <laughs> but but definitely Waffle House. I just think the the vibe in there is fine. I've the only the IHOPs I've ever been to, there's always a thousand people in there with a parking lot for six cars. And it's always a hot nightmare in there. Waffle House, you can go to any time of day or night, and you're gonna see you're gonna see some shit at a Waffle House, which too, you're never gonna see some sort of high level entertainment late at night at an IHOP. It's just not gonna happen. Waffle House, you're gonna get entertained. You're gonna get good food that'll make you feel like crap when you wake up in the morning or throughout the rest of the day, depending on when you're eating it. I'll take Waffle House any day. Excellent, JT. Your opinion on the breakfast the breakfast battle. Man, look, this is not even a uh a foot race. <laughs> this ain't even freeze tag. Like this ain't even red light, green light when it comes to it. Uh, first of all, I just want to say I hop. I don't like those thick ass pancakes that you give me. It's <laughs> just it's just as thick as Popeye's biscuit. Uh, but I am gonna say this. I'm gonna have to go with Waffles all day, every day, 
three times in America, twice overseas if they got it. And the reason why I have to say this, first of all, born in the South, raised in the South, Waffle House was not only the place you went for breakfast, it was it was also the place you went for lunch, but it was also the place you went to after you left the strip club or after you left the club. Uh, Waffle House, you're going to see it all. Waffle House, you, you, you may see people leaving from the bar, and guess what? The party is at Waffle House. It may be strippers getting off from, from their shift at 4 o'clock in the morning. Guess what? They at the Waffle House. And who knows? They may even put on the show for you. All depends on if your table has a nice gathering. But listen, I love Waffle House. Every time I'm there, it's the all-star breakfast. Hash browns all the way, triple. Give it to me on a full plate. And no one makes their eggs like Waffle House. No one makes waffles like Waffle House. And I'm only saying this because reach out to me. You know where I'm at. I've already sent you all this information. Trying to get a sponsorship. Waffle House. But, yeah, I have to go with Waffle House. <laughs> yes. Waffle House, if you're listening, sponsor Mark's Mike. They, they deserve the sponsorship. That's, and don't worry, I've, I've got my sponsorship uh, plug I'm going to put in here in a minute. Oh, uh, yeah, no, Waffle House is totally the answer. I may have to withdraw this question because I think everybody's been going Waffle House so far um, as, as it goes on that one. Uh, Can I blow you guys' minds for a second, though? Yeah, please. I, I, I never saw a Waffle House until I was 25 years old. That doesn't surprise me as much. Yeah. Oh, okay. well, well, but it surprised JT, all right. Uh, yeah, well. it did. Well, I'm you know, living in New York. We just don't have them here. I've had my experiences. I lived in North Carolina for two years, so I, that, that's where I became familiar. <laughs> but the first time I saw one, first time I ever ate at one, I was 25 years old. I was in Arizona, and we went to Waffle House on a road trip, and it was majestic. But that was the first <laughs> time I ever saw one. So... Hold on, I'm, I'm sorry, quick, quick question. No, go ahead, Jason. So when you first bit into that, first of all, what what did you order at Waffle House? Did you order like the all-star breakfast? I don't remember. It was so long. It was like 2007. I don't know. <laughs> okay, so. It might have you, been. I don't know. So when, when you bit down into that delicious waffle with all that butter just glistening all over it, and then, you, <laughs> you know, you threw that syrup on there, you put your knife into the waffle and you bit down into that waffle explain that feeling if you can explain it in a song in a song wow in a song. i don't know if i can explain it in a song but i'll tell you what i have never had a hangover just melt away the way i had that morning at the waffle house it was like a blanket around the hangover that i was nursing that morning and it made me feel better, and I was ready to take on the day. I, I just—I've always never wanted—I never wanted to spend the whole day in bed like I was, like after drinking all day the day before. It just made everything better. It was like get like a hug from your mom. It just made you feel better. And I—I I attacked that Sunday afternoon long drive we had after that breakfast at the Waffle House. So I'm sorry I didn't make it into song, but I tried to be as poetic as possible. So, so like D'Angelo's How Does It Feel didn't start playing in the background or anything like that for you? I don't know. There probably was some sort of baby-making music in my head. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> it may have been may have been something like that for sure. <laughs> that yeah. or angels singing. I don't know. Either one. Yeah. The hallelujah, hallelujah chorus. Nothing wrong with that. So. Um, but, yeah, uh, w- Waffle House all day. Uh, I need uh, a double hash browns. 
uh, smothered, covered, chunk, cap, uh, and I think that's it. I'm not, I'm not big on the chili in there, but uh, they get a bunch of people that have really been trying to sell me on the chili, so I might have to try it again. Get the uh, chili, bro. Get, get the chili. Yeah, see, and you're because yeah, you said all the way, and that's like the second or third time I've asked this and heard all the way on it. So I might have to go all the way again next time because usually I leave the chili out, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to add it on now. So that's a tagline too. Get the chili, bro. Sign that up. Exactly. Why is that not a thing? Uh, okay, well, the other big one for us, and, and I'm going to give you, the, and you guys get the, the full IndyCast set up on this one here. Uh, this is what we like to call the Trevin Adams Memorial question, even though uh, one Mr. Trevin Adams is, is still with us as well. Um, it's late at night. You're you know driving back from a, from a, your most recent wrestling show, and uh, you get a rumbly and you're tumbly. You were both starving. Uh, this is uh, before the time frame when every stupid fast food restaurant was open 24 hours. Uh, but you come over a hill and you see a shining beacon in front of you and you know you're going to get wonderful food there for you. Is that shining beacon in front of you a Sheets or is that a Wawa? Uh, JT, I'm going to put you on the Sheets or Wawa question first. All right. So I'm going to go ahead and say this. I first experienced Wawa actually uh, in 2020. That's when I first got a chance to have it. I've been eating sheets probably for the last four or five years. Um, you can find sheets pretty much everywhere. Um, I've never went to sheets and had bad experience. But honestly, when I bit into one of Wawa's sandwiches, my taste buds tap dance. I literally felt little people on my tongue tap dancing. Um, <laughs> I can I can eat Wawa um, twice a day, no issue. Have y'all had Wawa's breakfast? So mm-hmm. let me stop. Let me yeah, stop. Yeah. I'm getting I'm 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 getting like emotional at this point. Um, <laughs> this this really it touched it touched my soul. Like it 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 touched my insides. And if if, if I'm pulling over, and that beacon in the sky, uh, like the Batman symbol. It's Wawa all day, every day. And um, if you haven't had Wawa's, um, I'm going to invite you to the altar. This is your time to come down and, um, you know, definitely receive the goodness that God put on this earth for you and me to enjoy. So, Wawa's. <laughs> Greg, what, what is your thought on the Sheets versus Wawa debate? I am. It's that is so as as easy as the waffle house ihop debate is the the sheets wawa is so difficult because the wawa for me is like it every jersey shore trip we took every vacation that's every lunch we had every breakfast it's wawa and then i discovered sheets when i lived down south and it changed my life but i I think just for nostalgia purposes and the fear of catching the wrath of my co-host, Chris, because if I say anything else, he will legit come over here and murder me. I'm, I'm going with Wawa because they do have the very best sandwiches. They have the the touchscreen like you can just the ones we went to. It's like they had like the touchscreen ordering system. And I don't like talking to people. You guys are cool, but I don't like talking to people. So to have the touchscreen where I don't have to deal with anybody is great. And, it, you know, the takes a little while, but you, you get everything there. The breakfast is great. The coffee is, is way better than Sheets coffee. Uh, 
and I'm a coffee. I if I had coffee intravenously in, into me, I'd be happy. But yeah, I'm gonna go with Wawa for sure. Damn. All I don't right. Wanna kick, I don't want to get kicked out of New Jersey, so you know. Yeah. Uh, I have okay. a family. <laughs> so, Greg, I kind of expected your answer because I knew if you're at JT, you ah. you turned on me there because I was positive I had you on my side for sheets there for sheets there, and then you did the Wawa. You did the Wawa heel turn on me at the end. Um, now I, you had mentioned earlier about like uh, you know stopping at Waffle House after the strip club and things like that. I can't tell you how many times that this might cloud my memory a little bit for sheets here, uh, but how many times that me and my friends when I lived up in the D.C. area, um, the actually the best strip clubs that are, aren't too far away from where we were at are actually just over the over the you know the Maryland uh, state line heading into West Virginia. West Virginia has some wonderful strip clubs down there with very cheap alcohol and very uh, surprisingly very attractive women for, um, you know, a, a good time. And I can't tell you how many times that myself and probably five or six friends uh, did a big paper, rock, scissors game to figure out who was going to be the designated driver to take us all to West Virginia to get sloshed, to come back over into Maryland, where as soon as you got into Maryland proper, the first thing that came over the hill was that shining sheets beacon. And um, we would sit there for what felt like forever at like two, three o'clock in the morning, just sucking down food from sheets. And it was absolute heaven. And I will never forget that. And yeah, sheets is always my answer to that question. Um, so, all right. Well, gentlemen, uh, we have hit the point in the show where we uh, usually ask all of our guests our uh, infamous final two questions. Uh, question one is uh, a little bit of a, a dark one, so I apologize in advance. But in this uh, performance art that we all love called professional wrestling, we sadly do lose a lot of talent early. So uh, with that being said, if there is anybody that you could interview, if you could have seen live, uh, who is no longer with us, who would that be and why? And I believe, Greg, it is your turn to answer this question. Uh, that would definitely be Owen Hart. It was, my son's name is Owen. He was one of my favorite wrestlers ever, even as a kid growing up watching terrible Saturday morning wrestling on WWF on Channel 5 here in New York. He was I always looked forward to when he came out. I always looked forward to his matches. And he was a guy that just fascinated me because I'm the little brother and I, I always connected with that little brother vibe. So uh, I was it's without question. It's Owen Hart. Very nice. JT, who's your uh, who's your wrestling ghost? So uh, my wrestling ghost would be uh, Kamala. And, very interesting. Okay, yeah, and various reasons. Uh, one reason is because just going back from the the older videos that I got a chance to watch, you know, with my with my father and stuff, just seeing his character. Before he got to, you know, WWF and just seeing his character then, you know, inside WWF, but more and more so just just off the, the factor of just, OK, number one, his, his his career and number two, you know, his battles outside of the ring, you know, dealing with, you know, diabetes and things, things of that nature. Like, I just wanted to really pick his brain just just to see how was this experience coming into the game? And, um, you know, very sad that we recently lost him, but he's definitely someone that I would have loved to just interview just to pick his brain, just to, to get his take on the wrestling world. 
Very nice. Great. Yeah, Greg. Owen Hart is a very popular answer of ours for this question. I think that might be the first time we've gotten Kamala, though. So, JT, thank you for throwing that one out there for me. One of my favorite promos, I think, of all uh, of all time that I've seen, and I saw it much later, I think kind of after Kamala had passed, um, because he debuted that character in Mid-South with, uh, like, Jerry Lawler. And that first promo that they, they kind of cut to introduce the character is legitimately one of the most terrifying promos I think I've ever seen. Um, and if you haven't seen it, I know it's on YouTube. Um, and if you haven't seen it, I'll send it to you. Uh, but absolutely a, a really kind of very just dark, evil promo, but it was really good. So um, one to definitely look out for if you haven't seen it. So, um, okay. So question two, the one that kind of put our show on the map at least. And uh, JT, I apologize. You're going to be the first one to get this uh, to get this one here. Uh, we here at the IndyCast believe that all animals in nature have uh, certain traits to uh, help with their survival. Giraffes have the long neck, rhinos have the big horns, etc., etc. Uh, our belief is uh, the human's trait is the ability to use tools. So, uh, JT first, uh, Mr. Six Foot Nine from the Marks with Mike. If you could fight any animal, uh, what would it be and what weapon would you use? Okay, so if I could fight any animal, it would be a kangaroo. Okay. Just because it likes to box. And the weapon I would use would be a kendo stick. Very nice. Okay. I think it would be the first kendo stick we've had in in quite a while. So, Uh, Greg, you get the the, uh, what animal would you fight and what weapon would you use question. I never thought about fighting an animal before. This is great. (laughs) Um, I would love to fight a deer because <laughs> they're everywhere where I live. Yeah, they are. And and they stare at you and they judge you. And I think I would use, um, what are those medieval things? That's like the spiked ball on a chain. I think it's called a those flail. Are, if yeah, I something correctly. like that. Whatever that badass thing is called. I'd use that. I always want to use one of those. <laughs> <laughs> nice good answer i don't i think that's the first time we've had a flail also as well so good good weapon choice gentlemen. it's so rare i don't know what it's called <laughs> well uh gentlemen this is the uh part in the episode where uh one uh mr brian cage in the past has given us official permission to call uh get your shit in uh we'd like to give you guys a chance to uh tell all of our dozens and dozens how they can hear your guys show so uh, Greg, I'm going to kind of flip flop. You get to, you get to be up first. Uh, please. The floor is yours. Oh, thank you. You can follow me on social media at DDT archives and my co-host Chris at capo underscores DDT. Um, he gets upset if you don't follow both of us, which is fine, but, uh, yeah, you can catch all our shows on iTunes, Spotify, and our website, ddtarchives.com. We have give you the very best. We used to do old school. We have some of those back backdated, but right now we're mainly doing independent wrestling interviews and uh, a lot of different guys uh, we, and a lot of uh, different schools from WrestlePro. And uh, we've, we're interviewing a ton of talent from Black and the Brave in the next few weeks, including uh, Merrick Brave himself. So we're really looking forward to that. So keep an eye out for that. So, uh, yeah, man, just the best independent res- wrestling interviews you can find. You can find them right here at the DDT archives. Very nice. JT, uh, get your shit in for the marks with mics. All right. Well, first of all, definitely want to thank you for having me on the show today, but Hey, listen, you already know what it is. It's your boy, Mr. Six foot nine JT. It's very easy to follow us. Uh, 
kind of like the way the show is spelled. If you can spell the show, you can find us. So if you cannot spell it, it's very easy. It is M-A-R-K-S-W-I-T-H-M-I-C-S. That is, of course, on Twitter, IG, the Book of Faces. That is Facebook for all you people that don't know what that means. And, of course, you can find us on YouTube. You can definitely um, hear our podcast. It is available everywhere, such as places like, I don't know, uh, Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, Breakers, Spreaker, um, Pocket Cast, CastBox, Radio Public, um, Overcast. Listen, you get the drift. We're everywhere that podcasts are available. Uh, also, you can definitely find our merchandise at watermaneuver.net. Remember, as usual, like I do say almost every episode, make sure you're spreading t- positive vibes only out there. Too much negative energy could have you unbalanced emotionally, physically, and, of course, spiritually. So make sure that you are spreading more positive vibes. Make sure you get the brand-new merchandise that's available at watermaneuver.net. And um, I think that's about it. Oh, make sure you guys definitely check out our latest our latest episodes, such as one with The Godfather, of course. There's interviews with Faye Jackson and other former WWE superstars and current NWA television champion Elijah Burke. And, of course, uh, former NWA Women's Champion Jazz. But make sure you check us out there. Good job. I'm jealous of that Godfather interview, by the way. I definitely got a, 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 a definitely a feeling a little a little shame on that one. I got to up my game a little bit. Um, and well, and I'm actually going to take a brief second to get my shit in here. Normally, we don't do it on the end of our own episodes, but we may have people on here that are listening just because uh, one of you guys are on our show. So, uh, if you haven't listened to the IndieCast before, follow us uh, at IndieCast I N D Y K A S T. Kind of like these guys, wherever you're finding their podcast. Search the Wrestling Nerds Radio Network. You'll find us. Also, go to fullygimmick.com where you can buy our merch, uh, get our uh, our T-shirts. Uh, also, our um, so for some reason, our Golden Guys uh, image became a bit of a thing recently. So, if you want to see us uh, as the Golden Girls, uh, you it's there. It's on a T-shirt. It's on a poster. Uh, you can you can buy it. So, by all means, go to that. Uh, but otherwise, gentlemen, thank you both for being on and uh, being part of our kind of our Pottern family. I love the fact that we've got a bunch of podcasts um, that are willing to, like, be out there and help each other and, and just, like, jump in because uh, you would think we'd all be cutthroat on this one. But I love the fact that that's definitely not the case. So um, and to all you dozens and dozens wrestling nerds out there, thank you, as always, for listening to the IndieCast. Until next time, I am always Maximus Chad Allen, and I always say, deuces. A jump scare is the Canadian destroyer of horror films. I'm ready to greet the day, you fucker. <laughs> Every single one of you guys has made a horrible decision. <laughs> it's that dirty-ass Meryl Street. We are, we're touching wieners. Not touching wieners professionally. Ric Flair said fuck a six-pack, and he never lost an ounce of pussy. What I am is a big, queer, stone-cold Steve Austin.